Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Nick Saban in just a few minutes, head coach Alabama the day before his birthday. He'll join me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And just a few, we'll do who you got in this hour as well. We have the very latest on Trevor Lawrence, which, of course, is the biggest story in sports today. The best player in college football has tested positive, and the questions are all about what that will mean for Clemson this weekend and next and the remainder of the season. But I wanted to take a moment and just enjoy this together. I love a good rant. I told you that earlier this week. I like them from talk show hosts. I like them from any direction in which they come. And there's nothing more fun than the legendary coaching rants. Today is the 18-year anniversary of one of the absolute best. I don't think I'm going to need to tell you who it is speaking when you hear it. Go ahead. 18 years ago today, Bubba, let's enjoy. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. Herman Edwards, 18 years ago today. By the way, for whatever it's worth, and I will never know if um, if that rant had anything to do with it or not, directly, indirectly, or whatever, but he was coaching the Jets at that time, and the Jets were 2-5, and five, and from that moment forward, they got red hot, and they made a run all the way to the playoffs. That was 2002. Um, and, and so maybe sometimes those things do matter. Herman was a good coach. He's coaching at Arizona State now, and he's someone who became a good friend to all of us at ESPN during his years there. But there you go, 18 years ago today. You played to win the game is one of the, I would say, five most epic coaching phrases, right? Does that go there with playoffs and, and, and the hand of the Bears are who we thought they were? The, the really recognizable one-phrase ones. Those are the good ones. The ones you just know from one phrase. You don't need any more than one phrase. I say you play to win the game. You don't need to, you, to, me to tell you anything more. You know exactly who we're talking about. So happy anniversary, 18 years of the day. Herman Edwards told us all the most important thing in sports is that you play to win the game. All right, they're going to play and try and win tomorrow in Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. By now you're aware he has tested positive for the coronavirus. The rules in the ACC are as follows. Ten days after he is first symptomatic, which is to say not when he was first tested positive, but first symptomatic, Ten days after that, assuming he passes all the cardio testing and has had no symptoms for 24 hours, he can be eligible. So if we're going to talk about this purely from a football standpoint, and that is what we're going to do, let's face it. We all live in a time now where we're the first and foremost, of course, we wish him good health. The most important thing without, without any debate is that he comes back and that he's healthy and that he's fine. He has a wonderful life ahead of him. But the overwhelming likelihood is that all those things aren't going to be a problem. So the question then becomes... Is he going to be able to play against Notre Dame a week from tomorrow? Everyone I've talked to, everyone I had on the TV show this morning, seemed to agree that they should beat Boston College without Trevor Lawrence tomorrow. But Notre Dame on the road next Saturday is a different story. And we could be looking at a situation where Trevor Lawrence, if he is cleared, the earliest he could be cleared, if if the math that we are working from is accurate, the earliest we would think he could be cleared would be next Friday. 
So at maximum, he would have one day back out of wherever he is quarantining, wherever it is that he is sequestered to try and get himself back into feeling as good as he can, get into shape however best he can. He can be doing um, Zoom meetings and things like that, but to get himself ready to play the game. The question is, can he play the game that way? I had the opportunity to ask that question to Tim Tebow this morning. Here's what Tebow said. Yes, I think he could play because he could do everything virtually. He could be able to to practice virtually, um, to be able to get mental reps, to be able to go through, to get all the game plans, to be have a whiteboard, to be able to write everything out. He might not be able to physically go through it, but he could get a lot of mental reps and. And, um, you know, if his symptoms, you know, I saw that they were mild uh, um, and hopefully that he gets better and is able to get back. If if there are no symptoms, then maybe he can even, you know, work on different parts of the game plan um, virtually. I think he's got so many reps. We're talking about probably the most experienced quarterback in the country right now. He's played in two national championship games. So I think he could bounce back really fast to be able to play. Be really interesting. The the most interesting scenario in this, take your – rooting interest aside if you're a fan of Clemson if you're a fan of Notre Dame or you're one who was particularly inclined to root against one or the other of those putting those aside the most interesting scenario is if Notre Dame beats them without him this is an argument that we have all the time in college basketball how should the selection committee take into account who was and who wasn't playing This would be one that obviously the college football playoff selection committee would take into account if that game is played without the best player in the country. Now, what makes that a little bit less significant is that these teams will likely meet again. 2020 being the year unlike any other sports and otherwise in this one year, Notre Dame is in a conference. They're in that one. And if they win this game and they go unbeaten the rest of the way and Clemson goes unbeaten the rest of the way, those two teams would play again for the ACC championship. And if they wind up splitting those two games, then the likeliest scenario, Paul Feinbaum said it on TV this morning. He said it again with me live here a half hour ago. A really likely scenario is they wind up both making it. So you could see a place where two teams play each other three times in a year. Clemson and Notre Dame could both wind up making it, having met twice during the season and then meet again in theory in the college football playoff. That would really be something in this year of all years we could wind up getting something else that you just don't ever expect to see one way or another of course the most important thing here is that Lawrence take care of himself and he comes back and he's healthy and he's fine and again all the overwhelming likelihood is that he will be and and let's see what winds up happening but it did it is one of those that kind of uh, was jarring you know two weeks ago we went through this with Nick Saban the most legendary figure in all of college football I've told you a million times I think he's the best coach there ever has been And he's 68 years old. He'll be 69 tomorrow. And we had the story of two weeks ago Wednesday that he had tested positive. And then we saw what wound up happening. It wound up being a false positive. And that's wonderful news. And he was back and he was coaching over the weekend. But it is another one of those moments that you just don't see coming. I I can't really put my finger on why. There are just certain things you don't expect to happen. Like last night, I was actually kind of winding down. I try as hard as I can to put the phone away an hour before I go to bed. Everything I've read suggests that it's mental stimulation and all that kind of stuff. And you want to put away all electronics. So I was just putting the phone down, (laughs) ruined my whole night. I was just putting the phone down with the get up staff. We had put together the rundown for today. We were all set to go. We had great stuff, preview Baltimore and Pittsburgh and look back on last night's game, all the rest of it. And the last time I looked at my phone before I was going to put it away for good, 
The story comes across that Trevor Lawrence has tested positive. And I will admit, my first thought was, wow, that, it's just a twist you didn't see coming. It isn't, hopefully it isn't a tragedy or anything like that. I don't want to overstate it, but it just isn't something you saw coming. And how it impacts everything in the big picture is probably not at all. As I just said, probably, even if they lose next weekend against Notre Dame without him, they get a chance to avenge that. So everything he wants to accomplish on the college level, he probably still gets the chance to do. And it should have obviously no bearing whatsoever on his being the first pick in the draft, which is what most of the NFL people are concerned about in the first place. So um, let's not overstate the importance of it. It's not something we need to make ourselves crazy thinking about. But it certainly was one of those moments that kind of jump out at you and say, in a year filled with crazy stories, there's another one. Trevor Lawrence has the coronavirus. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests like Nick Saban on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We are waiting for him to be ready to join us. He will in just a moment. Alabama plays Mississippi State tomorrow, and then we will spend the rest of this hour diving deep into what is a great NFL weekend. And one of the things I'm going to ask Nick about is one of the biggest stories in the NFL weekend is Tua Tonga-Vailoa making his much anticipated NFL debut you know by now the situation Miami coming off its bye will play the Rams and the ultra scary Aaron Donald and there will be Tua out there in his first game since being seriously hurt in college last year and, and let's see how he fares and he steps in while no one, there's literally no one I can put on the TV show who is willing to take Miami seriously. I feel a need to say this out loud again. If New England beats Buffalo on Sunday, which I believe they're going to do, and Miami beats the Rams, the Dolphins are tied for first in the AFC East. You can't ignore that. You can't pretend that they're not a contender just because you don't want them to be. So he is stepping in in the middle of a playoff race. We will talk about that and a whole lot more with his former college coach. It is my pleasure to welcome here on ESPN Radio the head football coach at Alabama getting set to play Mississippi State tomorrow night, uh, primetime on ESPN. Here is Nick Saban with me. Coach, welcome. Thank you very much for this. How are you feeling today? Doing great. How are you? I'm I'm well, and and let me be, well, I'm sure not the first, but at least an, an early wish of a happy birthday tomorrow and and i'd like to start there um you know tomorrow is your birthday you're a person who has had so much success and so many experiences and i just wonder at this stage in your life what does that mean to you as as as, as whatever time you can take to reflect on your birthday tomorrow what what does it mean to you and what thoughts go through your mind as you think about it well we just feel very fortunate and blessed that uh we've had the opportunities that we've had through the years and i've been around some great people and professionally and um relationships outside of football that uh, have made, you know, life very um, rewarding in a lot of different ways. And uh, every time we have a birthday, we, you know, we're very thankful that uh, we have another one. Look forward to it. Know there's a lot of other people in the world that are less fortunate uh, and certainly want to be positive about continuing to be able to do things that we can do to impact other people and help them be successful. You know, and I'm just thinking about the experience you went through a couple of weeks ago where you had what proved to be the false positive COVID test. And, and I just wonder, um, and I know how busy you keep yourself during the season and you don't spend a lot of time in reflection, but just if that struck you in any way differently, did, did it, what sorts of things it made you think about when there, there were moments there when, when you were led to believe that you had this virus, which can be very frightening. I, I just wonder what thoughts went through your mind during that time before you found or the, the test started coming back negative. Well, I, you know, we've always had a tremendous amount of respect for 
you know, this situation that we're in relative to COVID. And uh, we've tried to keep our players safe and our staff safe. And uh, But one thing that I would say to people that when they tell you you tested positive, uh, it makes you have a tremendous amount of respect for what you could have or should have done even better than you did so that you wouldn't have put yourself in that situation. Uh, and then you're very concerned about how that's going to impact everyone else when you're in a position of leadership and responsibility. Um, so that was, it, it was really, uh, man, it was, it was a reality check, no doubt. Um, but I was not sick. I didn't have a fever. My oxygen level was normal. So um, I really didn't think I had it. Um, but I was very concerned about how we would manage our way through and how would it impact the future, you know, not only of myself individually, uh, but, you know, our team. Uh, and I would tell people that uh, if you don't respect this, you should follow all the protocols that have been laid out for us relative to social distancing, wearing a mask, uh, whatever it is uh, that you need to do to be safe, because, you know, once they tell you you have it, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. You know, my dad used to always say somebody needs to close the barn door before the horse gets out. <laughs> and I think if we're going to uh, be able to manage and live with this COVID, you know, everybody's going to have to be responsible to do that uh, in, a, in a very positive way. I really appreciate you saying that. Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama, with me here on ESPN Radio. Okay, let's, let's get into football. So this obviously has been a season unlike any other in so many different ways. For you and your position as a leader, what, if you were to pinpoint what has been the, the biggest challenge in, in the way this season has been different, what has it been? Well, I think it's disruptions. You know, I, I think that as a coach running an organization, uh, a football team, uh, you, you really want to minimize the disruptions that uh, your players have to face by putting them in a routine uh, that helps them prepare well each week and play their best you know, in a game. And this has been a season of it's the way of the world now that we have disruptions, whether it's who can play, who can't play, uh, how you have to go about your business every day to stay safe and to keep the players safe. Uh, so. I, I just think the constant disruptions uh, that uh, we've all had to learn how to, you know, change our lifestyle to be able to do what we do to live with, you know, COVID, uh, which, you know, I'm glad that we are. I'm glad that players have an opportunity to create value for themselves, but it's just been a little bit different. Um, and consistency is a little bit more difficult to try to uh, create you know, with the players because of all these disruptions and distractions. But as I told our team in the beginning of the season, whoever can handle disruptions and distractions the best this year uh, will have the best chance to be successful in the end. Nick Saban is with me on ESPN Radio. I, I thought your comments last week or whenever it was about the way you've sort of given in to the way the game is played now were fascinating for me. Like you, I'm not a huge fan of all of the offense that there is in college football now. There's a part of me that doesn't necessarily think it has been for the best. But you had some comments to the effect that you you just accept now that this is the way it is, that good offense is going to beat good defense, and that you have to adapt with it, which obviously you have. What what was it that made you come to that realization? How What made you finally decide there's just no way I can keep trying to do it the old way and win the way the game is currently played? Well, you know, several years ago, probably five, six, seven years ago, we, we really started having a nemesis with Ole Miss, who was the, you know, sort of the epitome under Hugh Freeze with the 
fast-paced offense, RPOs, guys blocking downfield and still throwing the ball. So, um, and we struggled and we gave up a lot of points and uh, we lost a couple of those games. And uh, I said, you know, the rules of college football, um, you have to take advantage of them and you have to do these things if you're going to optimize your chances of scoring a lot of points. Um, and it makes it really difficult on the defense because it creates a tremendous amount of run pass conflicts for the defensive players. Uh, so that's when, you know, we tried to hire some people. That's when I brought Lane in to try to, and he hadn't done it either, but he, he was wanting to do it as well. So we all researched it, figured it out, hired some people, you know, Mike Loxley who had some experience with it, you know, in the past and really started to implement that as well as do the normal, typical pro style offense that we'd always run, you know, running the ball, play action passes, uh, as well as drop back game. So the combination of those things have helped us score a lot of points in the last few years. No question. Nick Saban with me here. You, you have uh, right now your team is ranked number two in the country. You know what a championship team looks like. Does this look like one to you? Well, I really like our team. I've liked them all season long. Um, Obviously, you know, we talked about Jalen Waddle. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I compare him to a Allen Iverson or, you know, a Kobe Bryant type of player who could probably make plays that some other people uh, would have a difficult time making. Uh, he also can take the top off the defense, you know, really well because of his great speed. Um, and he's certainly a playmaker that is going to be very, very difficult to replace. Um, we're very sad that him and his family that he was injured in the game but we're also uh, encouraged by the fact that he had a successful surgery and would not have issues uh, in the future uh, in his ability to come back and be a very productive player Uh, but I like the team's attitude uh, and I know that this creates an opportunity for some other players on our team to step up and uh, relative to how they do that will determine how much success we can continue to have. Coach Saban with me for just another brief moment. Again, they play Mississippi State tomorrow night, primetime on ESPN. Coach, I, I so appreciate all of this time. Uh, but quickly, one of your best-known former players makes his long-anticipated NFL – well, not that long, I guess. He is still a rookie. But his much-anticipated um, NFL debut on Sunday as Tua Tagovailoa will play against the Rams. Just what are your thoughts on him? As You know how hard he worked to get back after that injury. What are your thoughts as he gets set to take the field in the NFL for the first time? Well, Tua is a great competitor. Uh, he's a good leader. He's very well liked by his teammates. Um, he does a really good job of trying to execute. But I think the number one thing that Tua has is he's very, very instinctive. His intuition as a player in, in the pocket as a quarterback and making choices and decisions to get the ball to the right guy is really kind of unparalleled you know, to me. Uh, and he's very accurate with the ball. Uh, he can get rid of it quick. Uh, he's athletic enough to uh, avoid the rush and buy time in the pocket. So uh, I'm kind of anxious to see, you know, how he does. Uh, but I, I'm very confident that I think he'll do extremely well. Coach, I need to let you go. Thank you so much. Again, tomorrow night in Mississippi State, you'll see Alabama on ESPN. And again, a very happy birthday. Thank you for taking the time today, and I hope we talk soon. Hi, Greeny. Thank you, man. I appreciate the happy birthday, too. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Nick Saban, again, 69 years young tomorrow head coach at Alabama, and you will see them play tomorrow night. Tua will play Sunday for the first time in the NFL. Well, he, he played a little bit two weeks ago against the Jets, but he'll get his first NFL start when he takes the field against Aaron Donald and the Rams 
on Sunday. Okay, we'll I'll catch up here for just a moment. We'll come back really busy. We'll turn our attention to the NFL. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We just had Nick Saban on the program. If you missed it, you can hear it on the podcast later. We get those up just for a little bit after we finish the show. The podcast is called Hashtag Greeny, and you can find it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And it didn't occur to me as I was wishing Nick Saban an early birthday that his birthday is on Halloween. That's an interesting birthday to have. But I really enjoy talking to him, and I appreciate some of the nice notes I've seen start flying in for that interview. I'll tell you what my philosophy is on interviewing people like him and his mentor, Bill Belichick. They are the same because they're very similar people. And I've had good interviews with Belichick over the years as well. And that is, I don't bother going to places I know he's going to shut down. That's just my philosophy on it. A lot of people will look at it differently. They'll say, well, there are certain questions you do absolutely have to ask. And I get that. And I guess if I, were, if I had no limitations of time, I might do that. But I have a limited amount of time. We're doing a live show here. And so it seems to me that I'm going to ask him the things. That I'm going to try and take him to the places that I think he's going to be willing to go. And I find him to be a very interesting and insightful person. So I'm glad that it looks to me like people enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It does get me thinking a little bit about Bill Belichick today. Bart Scott on Get Up created something of a stir when, and sometimes what happens is people start yelling and you don't quite get the context of what someone is trying to say. Bart Scott did not suggest the Patriots should consider firing Bill Belichick. That is absolutely not what he said. But what he was saying is basically that Bill Belichick, the general manager, might be the reason that the Patriots are where they are right now. And he did dig up one pretty interesting little note for us. The last time the Patriots drafted a player who made the Pro Bowl was 2013. It was Jamie Collins. That's a long time, especially for a team that uses as many picks as they do. They make a lot of draft picks. And so that's quite a thing. Um, and, And the reality is you look at Tom Brady down there in Tampa right now and look at the array of talent they have around him and look how bare the cupboard is in New England. And there isn't really a lot of obvious reason why that should be. Yes, they've had late draft picks over the course of time, but they've had plenty of money and they've had a superstar quarterback who always took less. So I think it is reasonable to point some of the finger of blame at Belichick for the way the thing has fallen apart a little bit. Now, having said that, Belichick, the coach, I think can coach his way out of it. 
And I am here to tell you they're going to win Sunday. I believe they are going to beat the Bills on Sunday and keep their season alive. And that is a perfect way to kick off our Who You Got is we're going to start looking at some of our picks at the big games this weekend with Bubba Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive proud to honor our veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, today's edition of Who You Got brings us hashtag Bubba, and we're going to use it to just look at the big games on the NFL schedule because this is a monster weekend. Hello, hashtag Bubba. Hello. How we doing? Doing great. How'd you enjoy the Nick Saban conversation? I thought it was good. It was a good convo. Looking forward to uh, his birthday. (laughs) <laughs> he was th- he was thrilled. It sounded like it was, I, I think he cracked a smile. By his standards, that was very uh, it was energetic and fun. I'm glad that you liked it. I'm sorry your Cowboys have given you the season that they're giving you right now, but at least they're still playing meaningful games with Ben DiNucci at quarterback, Bubba. Yeah, speaking of, let's start with the game of the weekend. Cowboys, Bubba, segwaying his way, segwaying his way directly into the picks. Absolutely, Go. Sunday Night Football. Possibly, yeah. we're not sure yet but possibly Ben DiNucci about to make his first start, so he may need to update his LinkedIn profile. (laughs) We'll see, though. We're not sure. But right now, we got Philadelphia minus nine. Who you got in this one? Is it nine? You know, I hadn't looked at the number on that game. That's that's more than I would have guessed. Boy, that just shows, well, I guess it is because of the injury to the quarterback. What am I talking about? I mean, the Cowboys are terrible. The Cowboys have looked like the second-worst team in the NFL even before they lost Andy Dalton. Their defense is the worst. And their offense, none of the guys who you think are should be good, I mean, particularly pointing the finger of blame at Zeke Elliott. The Eagles are a much better team. They have a much better quarterback situation, even if Dalton does play and even if Dalton were fine. And they're starting to get healthy. And Wentz is starting to find a little bit. This guy, Travis Fulgham, has been sort of a revelation. One by one, they're going to start getting guys healthy again. So I think the Eagles are going to win that division comfortably. I think for what has been... Uh, so much conversation about the NFC least. I think they are going to steady the ship and get themselves to something like 7-8-1, and one, maybe even 8-7-1, and one, which, which could win that division by four games. So I believe not only the Eagles run away and hide, but I think they win this weekend, and I believe they cover. I think the, I'm sorry to say this to you, hashtag Bubba, but I think the Eagles win this game easily, something in the vicinity of... So when I originally made the pick for TV, I was thinking about Dalton. That was a mistake on my part. I'm going, to, I'm going to update the pick from what I did on television earlier. I'm going to go Eagles 23-6. to 6. That's my official prediction. Well, I don't know why you're telling me you're sorry to say. This is the best news ever. You're telling me all this Eagles picks, KOD. I'm, this is great news for the Cowboys. So I'm, it, It's the only conceivable yeah, chance is, the Cowboys have. This is great, all these Eagles picks. All right, what's the next game? Uh, Hashtag all right, bubble. from my team to your team, we got Jets-Chiefs this weekend. And uh, I don't know if you heard this quote. Jets, our Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones said, that's a very good football team. People forget that because they haven't won a game. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I, I did. We, um, I, we, yeah. Chris Jones said that. Yeah. Um, look, that's what you say. That's People obviously that. one of the things you say. You forget that because you've watched them play. They're a very good team, and it's easy to forget that because you've watched them play any of the games they've played so far this season. Now the Jets are are comfortably the worst team in the NFL, and there's no conceivable chance they win this game. But I will tell you this: 
History says take the Jets with the points. Of the last 10 times that teams were favored in the NFL by 19 points or more, eight of the 10 did not cover. The favorite did not cover. Now, in case you're wondering, because I was, I said, did the underdog ever actually win that game? The answer is no. So a favorite of 19 points or more has not lost a game straight up in the NFL, but 80% of the time they do not cover. So as much as I find it impossible to believe that the Chiefs don't win this game something like 40-3, to history tells us you're a fool if you give the points. So I'm going to say that the Chiefs wind the Jets wind up doing more than you expect. The Chiefs maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit, and they wind up winning something like 33 to 16, a game that isn't even remotely competitive. I don't expect it to be even remotely competitive. But if if you're betting this game, I think you take the Jets with the points. Hashtag Bubba, give me one more game right now. All right, let's do Saints at Bears. Will we be seeing Mitch Trubisky soon? That's the question. A lot of struggles at quarterbacks. It's New Orleans minus four and a, four and a half here, so who you got? Yeah, the answer to your first question is no. I do not believe we have seen... I do believe we've seen the last of Mitch Trubisky. I think that Matt Nagy wanted to make that move. It's a move he was looking for the opportunity to make, and he did. I believe he will live through a lot more struggles with Nick Foles before he even considers that. If Foles stays healthy, I believe he's their quarterback the rest of the way. So that's that. Next, New Orleans gets Thomas back this weekend. I think that's huge. A lot of the reason that New Orleans has not looked like the Saints has been they've basically played since week one without Drew Brees' favorite target. And there's a lot of weird stuff going on with that. He was hurt, then he was being disciplined, then he got hurt again in practice. So weird stuff is going on there. there, There's clearly things going on there that people don't know about, to use an old expression. But I don't think that that means that they... I, I think that now that he is back, I think everything will be fine. And I think the Bears showed you who they thought they were on Monday night. The Bears are just offensively challenged, and that'll hurt them. Against a good team like this, I take the Saints and I give the points... I'd love to see Chicago win this and prove everybody wrong and shut everybody up, but I don't see it happening. I think I would take the Saints and I would give the four and a half. I will pause briefly on that thought. We'll come back and we'll do some of the big games on this weekend schedule, including, of course, the huge showdown in the AFC North between the Steelers and the Ravens. That is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Actually, this got me thinking, hashtag Bubba, about all the years that we dressed up on Halloween, and that is the one thing that I, I have missed doing Get Up, we don't dress up, because it just doesn't feel like it's the right vibe for the show. And tomorrow, of course, is Halloween, not today. So I don't even know if people are dressing up on TV and stuff today. I haven't seen as much. But Bubba, are you planning on dressing up for Halloween tomorrow? Yeah, I don't think so. You you sort of almost look like you are in costume as it is. Like oh, you have perfect. You, well, you have something of a of a Halloween, you know, look to you. I, I think you could just knock on people's doors and ask for candy, and they would give it to you. Oh, I'm ready to go then. Perfect. That is my just that is my general feeling. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. If I if I knock on the door asking for candy, I don't think there might be a problem. And so I don't know what we're going to do as far as the trick or treating tomorrow because we like. Uh, Stacy and I like to hand out the candy now. That's just sad that the kids are too old for that. But I don't know if trick-or-treating is the right sort of thing to be doing right now in the age of the coronavirus. So I said to her, we should just put candy outside in a large bowl. But yeah, the question that's is, then one well, person comes and takes it all. Is that what happens? Yeah. Does the first kid come? Is your prediction that the first kid comes and just takes well, everything in the bowl? Not necessarily the first kid. There may be some nice people, but you know, it definitely won't last the whole night. All, all it's going to take is one kid. We can keep a watchful eye, though, is what I'm saying. You keep a watchful eye, and you if, may the, need if to the do bowl that. gets may, empty, yeah, you may need to do that. That might be the way to go. You have to you, might have to keep refilling it. All right, we'll see. Anyway, a happy Halloween to one and all. Let's get in as many more games as we can before we wrap up for the week. Bubba, what is the next game on our list? All right, next up, we're going to do Patriots-Bills. This game is on ESPN Radio on Sunday. Cam Newton and the boys heading to Orchard Park, and he says he knows he needs to play better and turn it around. We've got Buffalo minus four. Who you got? All right, here's this is the game I've been telling you about all week long. The Patriots are going to win. I'm not talking about the number. I'm talking about win the game. Some things are excuses and others are reasons. Cam Newton didn't age five years in five weeks. He got the coronavirus and then he didn't practice. And so I believe that now that they've had a full week back to work together and get better, I just have to believe they're going to be better. My eyes will not, my brain will not believe what my eyes have shown me about how awful that offense has looked the last two weeks. This is their last stand. This is Bill's last stand. If they lose this game, they're done. They would be functionally three and a half games out in the division, and it is over. And you might just very well see him make a bunch of trades before Tuesday if they lose this game. But I do not think they will. Everyone has given up on the Patriots, not me. I've got New England winning that game straight up. Hashtag Bubba next. All right, we got Rams-Dolphins, and the big storyline here is Tua making his debut, and he's making his debut against Aaron Donald. So good luck with that. Los Angeles, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got? Yeah, the Rams are a better team. I think regardless of who the quarterback is, you watch the Rams play. They're good. I believe they're better on both sides of the ball. Um, So I like the Rams to win this game and to cover the number, and I would feel that way whether it was Fitzmagic or Tua. I will be interested to see how Tua plays and how he looks quickly. Because I do believe the Dolphins have something to play for this year. If the Patriots do beat the Bills, as I just predicted, then the division lead will be 4-3. and three. 
And even if the Bills win, I do not think the Bills are a 13-3 and football team. I think you can make something of a run this year if Tua plays great. And they've got plenty of division games left to try and make some hay. So they, they are, I, I, I think that the Dolphins are going to have a good second half, and I think Tua will be good, but I think the Rams are the better team here. I believe they will win, and they will cover Rams by a touchdown. Hashtag Bubba, what's next? 49ers at Seahawks. Seattle coming off their first loss, and they're a three-point favorite. Who you got? I, I love Russell Wilson. I love the Seahawks. They're my team this year. And San Francisco, they've righted the ship. They obviously got the people who are coming back, they've gotten back. But they're not getting back their best player. For most teams, losing a quarterback is what they couldn't afford. For the 49ers, they lost a player they couldn't lose. They lost Nick Bosa. And he's the most important player on that team. Their quarterback is just a piece of their puzzle. I believe Seattle is going to win that division. I believe Seattle is, is one of the three teams in the NFC I could see making the Super Bowl right now um, because I think Russell is just that good. So I think they win. I think they gain the one yard that they lost it to last year to San Francisco, and I think they win a close game. I will take C. What would you say the number was? Uh, three. Straight up three. All right, I'll give it. I will, I will give the points with that. I will take Seattle, and I will give the points, although – I think it'll be a very close game, but I'll take Seattle. I'll give the three. Give me one more. Uh, all right. Uh, before I get to that, I just want to let you know, breaking news, Major League Baseball owners have officially approved the sale of the Mets to Steve Cohen. So oh. Put it in the butts! Watch oh, out, I... NL East. <laughs> yeah, hashtag There's Bubba a new a... sheriff in town, and his name's Steve Cohen. Hashtag Bubba is a Cowboy fan and a Met fan. Okay, but... we will... We'll have time to talk about that. Give me the big game. Give me Pittsburgh-Baltimore. One minute. Steelers-Ravens battle the AFC North. Steelers are undefeated. Ravens have one loss. And Baltimore is a four-point favorite at home. Who you got? Yes, the Steelers are the best team in football, but I think Baltimore wins this game. The scheduling here really worked against the Steelers. The Steelers were supposed to have a bye last week. Instead, because of COVID rescheduling, they had to play a tough game against Tennessee, and now they go on the road to play the rested Ravens who have had their bye. They have had two weeks to get ready for this game. So I believe Lamar and the Ravens win, but don't cover. I'm going to give it the same line, the same number I gave you last week in Steelers-Titans. Baltimore 27, Steelers 26. I believe the Steelers are the better team and will win the division, but I think Baltimore wins this game. Thank you, Hashtag Bubba. Thank you, everybody, for a terrific week on TV and radio. It's been a lot of fun. Have a wonderful weekend, a very safe and happy Halloween. I'll see you next week. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.